Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Melanie, shall we get started? Yes. Excellent. Welcome to Money Savage Express. This is George Grumbacher. Our guest today is strong and powerful Melanie Lockhart. I'm excited to have you on. Melanie is a finance writer. She is a speaker and event organizer, and she is the host of the Mental Health and Wealth Show podcast. Melanie, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Thank you so much for having me, first of all. I'm super excited to be here. So as you mentioned, I am a writer. That's how I make my living. I'm also a new podcast host of the Mental Health and Wealth Show. I'm also a cat mom to uh, two kitties, Miles and Thelonious. And I live in Los Angeles, where I'm from. But I've actually lived in LA, Portland, and New York. So did a little triangle there. And I'm a fan of boxing and jazz and art. Boxing and jazz and art. Now we're we're <laughs> yeah. we're, we're, we're going to talk about the intersection of of things today. Where do boxing and jazz and art intersect? All in the self care uh, realm, I would say. <laughs> and when you say boxing, are we talking about two people punching them punching each other in the face or something else? I would say, you know, boxing class, so not like official, you know, professional boxing, okay. but I, you know, got into boxing a few years ago, you know, for class, and it was just such a wonderful stress relief and a way to just really tone my body and, and hone my athletic expertise in that, that specific way. Nice. Well, I certainly appreciate that. All right. So, um, finance, money, and mental health, I think... Well, I, I know that so many of us are struggling right now due to COVID um, with mental health issues just in general, and so many of us are struggling with financial issues, and you are passionate also about um, where those two things come together with debt and depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. So we'd love to hear about just, just more about that. Yeah, so let's go back to my story, which is kind of where it all started. So as you mentioned, I'm super passionate about money and mental health. And that really started in 2012 when I personally was super depressed about my student loan debt. So I borrowed in total $81,000 to get my master's and my bachelor's. And in 2012, I had graduated from NYU and I moved to Portland and all I could find were $10 to $12 an hour jobs while having like close to $68,000 in debt after already paying the minimum for five years. And so I just felt so depressed and anxious and felt like, how am I ever going to pay this off? I felt so guilty for going to a fancy private school for a degree was not, that was not very marketable. You know, I just had all of this shame and guilt that just kept me really stuck, to be quite honest. And So all of 2012, I was just in this very negative, stuck place. And then at the end of 2012, you know, I kind of hit a breaking point where I was like, I literally cannot (laughs) go on like this every day. Something has to change. And I thought if I spend the same amount of energy that I do crying 
obsessing, worrying about my debt as actually trying to do something to move it forward, maybe I will actually pay off debt. And so that's when I discovered personal finance blogs. And, you know, I went down the rabbit hole and found all these, you know, debt payoff stories. And I thought they were so amazing because I had never known anyone in my real life who had actually paid off debt. And so I was super inspired. And, you know, though I loved the blog blogs that I was reading, I thought no one's really talking about the emotional relationship to debt. No one's even mentioning mental health. And so I started my own blog, Dear Debt, in January 2013 as a way to keep myself accountable in the debt payoff process. And every single month I would post how much I paid off. I would share stories of my side hustle adventures. And I would also write these breakup letters to debt. So the concept of Dear Debt is kind of like the Dear John letter. Yeah. You know, you were writing breakup letters to debt. And so I kept writing all of these letters like, Dear Debt, I'm over you. And it was really great to anthropomorphize debt in this way that kind of separated it from myself and me kind of writing creatively that I'm breaking up with you. I am done. And I know like for some people this might seem like woo woo or, you know, not anything, but I feel like this part of finance wasn't being addressed. And for me, the shame of having so much debt was so internalized that it kept me stuck. And like I conflated my self-worth with my net worth. And so you know, anthropomorphizing debt as this person that I'm breaking up with, writing this letter was very cathartic. I've heard that from many people who've written Dear Debt Letters because I opened the project up to the community at large. And so many people throughout the years have written Dear Debt Letters and all of them have said, you know, that was so fun. That was cathartic. That really helped me address emotions that I didn't even know I had about debt. And so through my blog, I was sharing all of these experiences about my own mental health and money. And I realized that so many people were commenting, I feel the same way. Oh my gosh, I feel the same way. And it was so crazy to me because I felt like I was the only one experiencing this. But then so many people were telling me, I feel the same way. And then really what kind of shifted everything was when I found on the search terms in analytics that someone had found my blog Googling, I want to kill myself because of debt. Oof. And yeah, that was just like a sucker punch to the gut. And I just couldn't believe that someone was Googling that and finding my blog. And so then I wrote a post called Please Seek Help. And I was writing it as if I was writing to that person, you know, that debt is not a death sentence. You are not alone. You are not a loan. And really trying to convince people that, you know, debt is not worth ending your life over and that even though it's stressful, you know, this this should not be an option. And so to make a long story short, throughout the years, I kept writing about this. And obviously, the more I wrote about it, the more traffic I got. And so sadly, you know, suicide and debt is one of my top search terms for my blog. And that has really kind of turned me into this mental health advocate. And so... You know, throughout the years, everyone had considered me to be this person that talks about money and mental health. I organized a suicide prevention blog tour in September, which I got all of my personal finance blogger friends to write content about this specific topic. I've been doing that for five years. And kind of because of that, earlier this year, I launched mentalhealthandwealth.com, which is a website. And I also launched the Mental Health and Wealth Show, which is a podcast. And so 
that kind of really was the extension of Dear Debt. I, I call it, you know, Dear Debt Sister, <laughs> Dear Debt 2.0, <laughs> really focusing on, you know, the money and mental health aspect. And it was just so crazy that the timing right now is so perfect for this conversation because everything is so salient. And right now everyone is feeling, you know, money and mental health, the, the stress, this anxiety and this uncertainty. Yeah, well, that is that is quite a story. I, I I appreciate you sharing it, and there's so many great things that 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 you just shared that I absolutely love. I, I think that when you were feeling the way you were, you're you know you've you've moved to, to to Portland from New York. You're you're working, but you're still you know sixty plus thousand dollars in debt, and then you find um, examples of people who who are also in 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 your shoes but then had gotten out of it on blogs and that was sort of expansive for you and then realizing or recognizing yeah this is great but nobody's really talking about the mental health piece and how you were able to sort of in a sense journal uh, through these dear debt letters and it's so Mm -hmm. cathartic for you and helping so many people and that's so awesome, and I, I I love that its net worth uh, is not your overall worth, and I really love that you're not alone, and you are not mm-hmm. alone. I think that those are just such powerful phrases, so the, I think it's awesome. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, those are kind of my signature phrases throughout the years. You are not alone, you are not alone, and debt is not a death sentence. And, you know, I've been saying that for years, and I think it's so important for people to realize because when you're in debt, it's so easy to internalize all of the shame and the guilt. And, you know, especially like, let's say you're in credit card debt. It's so easy to be like, I messed up. I made a mistake. And, you know, all of these feelings around money really can keep us stuck from actually taking action. And, you know, people always say, oh, personal finance is easy. You know, just, you know, spend less and save more. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not that easy. You know, we have these emotions and these behaviors and these money mindsets and so many different things. We have so much baggage around money that keeps us stuck. And if we don't acknowledge the barriers in our mindset that actually, you know, prevents us from moving forward, we're not going to go anywhere. Like it took me a lot of shifts mentally to actually, be like, okay, I actually need to pay off this debt because this is the source of my depression and anxiety and it's not going away. And my only option is to actually pay off debt. And, you know, I had to get rid of mindsets like all debt is good or student loans are the good debt or, you know, everybody has student loans. Like even though I thought that at the time, I had to shift those beliefs to say, I don't like debt and debt is not good for me. And, you know, even if everyone has debt, I don't want to be like everybody. I think that that's again such powerful stuff right there. This idea of good debt or bad debt, and the idea that that personal finance is is pretty simple and pretty easy, uh, all just absolutely ignores uh, that that emotions make up like ninety percent of our decision making. And if I'm just not in the frame of mind where mm-hmm. I can make a decision and recognize the need to spend less and save more and all that, um, then I'm never going to actually start moving in the direction of, of where I want to be. You're just going to be stuck. Exactly. So, you know, I, I, I know very little about, I'm like an armchair, so many things, but certainly an armchair psychologist. (laughs) And when we're talking about mental health, um, 
it really is probably going to be dependent for everybody. You were in a place where you could start taking positive action and starting to research how you got out of debt and, 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 and it got you moving down this path. When you're having people Google, you know, I, I want to kill myself because of my debt and that, that you are so enmeshed in this work. Um, have, have you found that giving people really small actions just to get started and create momentum is a positive thing or what's, what's, what's really proven to be helpful and, and, and useful? Honestly, what's been proven most effective for me and what I think for them is actually listening and responding. So I get a lot of emails from these people Um, who are on the brink of suicide, I respond to every single comment and email them privately if they're commenting on that particular blog post. And I email them and say, hey, I care about you and I don't think this is worth it and I'd love to hear more about your specific situation. And I would say 75% of the time I get a response, 25% of the time I don't. But honestly, some people just want someone to listen to them to hear them i have so many men in particular who email me and say i feel like you know so guilty and full of shame because i can't take care of my family my wife doesn't know we're in so much debt you know my my children i can't support them you know they're they're just so stressed and there's no outlet for them to express these emotions and I find it so strange, but also I kind of get the psychology of it that these people are literally just spilling their life stories to this random stranger on the internet. But, you know, I respond and the most common response I get is, oh, I didn't think you were real or I didn't think you were going to (laughs) respond. And it's like, no, I am going to respond because to me, if you are Googling, I want to kill myself because of death, that is a cry for help. Like that is such an obvious cry for help. So you know, I want to help people. And I always tell people I'm not a mental health professional. I'm not a financial professional. This is completely based on my personal experience and also my desire to help others. And so I would say listening and responding has been really crucial because I think so many people feel literally eaten alive by these things that they feel that they can't talk to anybody about. And then also I think giving little kind of tangible tidbits of advice that they can take today. You know, for example, um, someone had emailed me completely stressed about student loans and we found out that they were federal student loans. And, you know, I recommended that, you know, with the CARES Act, you actually can postpone your payments right now. And then also there's income driven repayment, which if you're making such a low income, you can actually qualify for a $0 payment and still be in good standing with your student loan debt under income-driven repayment. And that's for federal student loans only, unfortunately. But you know that was something that this person didn't know. And so just being able to be a resource and say, hey, this is an option, you know, and then also encouraging people to contact their creditors, see if they can, you know, work out something, whether they lower an interest rate, lower the payments, or put the payments on pause. I think a lot of people feel so frightened of even taking that first step of contacting them but really that's you know what they need to do to try to get it under control and then also just try to get them to zoom out a little bit and be like this is a moment in time that's extremely stressful but you have your whole life ahead of you and you can pay off debt it might take a long time it's going to suck (laughs) but it's just a moment in time and you can and will get over it and you know you don't want to make a um, permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yeah. 
Amen to that right there. That idea of perspective. It's it, it, it's 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 a photography term where we are just way too close to something. So yeah, if we could zoom out a little bit and recognize to your to your point, it's gonna suck. And this is not it's sucky right now. It's gonna probably suck for a little while, but it is just a moment in time, and you certainly can and will get past this if you start just taking small positive actions. Totally. So listening and responding, um, I mean, what a I don't want to call it a burden because it's certainly something it's, 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 it's an opportunity. You're doing work that you're passionate about. Um, and, and you're obviously having this huge impact. Who, who, who else do you, it's, it's tough because it's, it's people who are reaching out to you because they don't know perhaps who to turn to. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. How, how, how do you coach people who maybe just beyond just the, the reaching out that you're doing coming back to people, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I try to serve as a resource because, you know, as I mentioned, I'm not a financial or mental health professional, but even just being a person that shows that I care and that I'm listening and I'm responding has already been a huge benefit to the people that reach out to me. And then I, you know, try to hear a little bit more about their personal situation, you know, because whatever I say to them will be different depending on if they're in credit card debt or if they have federal student loans or private student loans. Um, you know, if they have a family or don't have a family, like personal finance advice is personal. You know, I wouldn't give the same recommendations to someone who lives in New York and is single or, you know, someone that has five kids in Kansas. So, you know, I try to hear a little bit more about their situation. And then also I give them the resources to contact professionals. So, you know, I give them the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. I also say if you're in crisis, please text HOME to 741-741. I'm a huge fan of the crisis text line because when you're in that kind of mental space, and it's really hard to talk. So you can text, you know, with a crisis counselor. And, you know, with a crisis counselor, you don't have to technically be suicidal. I think a lot of, there's a lot of people who are in this range where they're not exactly suicidal, but they're in crisis and feeling you know, extremely bad, but they feel like they can't get help because, oh, I'm not there. But that's why the crisis text line is so beautiful is because it serves this whole, you know, chasm of people that are kind of stuck between like, I don't need help and like, I'm suicidal. But, you know, this is like the middle ground of people who are dealing with various crises. And, you know, you can text someone to reach out. I also, you know, recommend um, looking at the federal student loan website and, you know, perhaps credit counseling and, you know, different ideas for side hustles. And I just try to be a resource and do the best I can. I mean, it, it is a lot, you know, uh, responding to this. And I know that not everyone would do it and not everyone um, has the same kind of personality as I do like sure. uh, to, to, to do it. But I just feel like, you know, that's something that I'm passionate about and that I want to reach out and, and hope, hopefully save people's lives. I mean, you know, I always wonder for the people that never respond to me, I always am curious. And I, I try not to go too far down that rabbit hole because right. then it would really uh, upset me. But, you know, I try to do the best that I can to help people with resources. I think sometimes we just need to share those right, you know, resources. Because especially when people are feeling in crisis, it's so hard to think, like, even just about basic things. So if I'm like, hey, you can look at the federal student loan website here to get on a better repayment plan. You can call your creditor here and 
ask for a lower interest rate or a forbearance. You know, just give them very actionable advice that they may or may not think of because, you know, their whole brain is cloudy. Their thinking is is muddled with everything they're going through. Yeah, love it. Well, Melanie, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? I would say that you should start monitoring your mood as you monitor your money. I think this has been huge for me. So, you know, with personal finance, we're always tracking our spending, making a budget, you know, evaluating where our money is going. I think it's really important for us to also manage our moods. So something that I've been employing is kind of evaluating my mood from a scale from one to 10, one being awful, 10 being amazing, five being average. I kind of check in with myself before an activity and then after an activity. So for example, I might feel like a four, but then after I exercise, I feel like a seven. And I'm like, okay, this is an activity that is actually good for my mental health. Let's say I see a person that is draining and then I realize, oh, I was a seven, but now I'm a four after seeing this person. Maybe I don't want to see this person. So I think we can take those concepts of tracking your spending and budgeting with money, but also apply them to your mental health and your wellness and really tracking your mood. And for me, it's been life-changing because I've noticed what activities actually make me feel better, what people actually make me feel better, and what doesn't. And then, you know, sometimes there's activities where I'm like, eh, that didn't really do anything at all. And then, you know, it's just good to know that. And I think we just feel like our mood just happens organically, but I think we can try to have more control over it if we understand the activities and the people that actually serve us. Like that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on. Come on. Melanie, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? People can go to mentalhealthandwealth.com, deardet.com, melanielockert.com. You can check out the Mental Health and Wealth Show on Spotify or iTunes, and you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Melanie Lockert. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Melanie your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to mentalhealthandwealth.com go to deardeck.com go to melanielockert.com you can also find her on Instagram and Twitter I will list all of those in the notes of the show and also check out the mental health and wealth show on iTunes and Spotify thanks again Melanie thank you and until next time keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together spending too much time on social Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.